Christchurch, New Malden, 7th of November 2021, 11 o'clock service. Tim Davis speaking on Fresh Thoughts on Baptism. Well, very good morning. Um, some fresh thoughts on baptism. Uh, so as we heard from Stephen this morning, uh, Jack Larkin was baptised. And we thought it'd be a great opportunity today to look afresh at baptism. Perhaps consider what it means for each and every one of us every time a child or a person is baptised here at Christchurch. Now, this is not going to be a debate, you know, on infant versus adult baptism, uh, on water versus Holy Spirit. But I think it is important to understand the approach we have to baptism here at Christchurch and why this can help us think afresh about baptism. Uh, now, I guess the main debate about infant baptism and its appropriateness uh, is whether you feel that baptism is primarily the free, deliberate response of the believing person being baptised, or if it's primarily an acknowledgement of, or even vehicle for, what God has done and is doing for the person being baptised. We firmly believe that baptism Baptism is the sacramental act of dying and rising to new life with and in Jesus Christ. And we believe that baptism is a sign of your membership of the church that is fully involved in this story of salvation. And that children brought, brought to baptism are already involved in this process of dying and rising to new life. We proclaim our convictions that the oath that they are made on in the baptism service, made on their behalf by the parents and godparents and the church as a whole, is one that leads to and is full of God's love. And they fulfill and experience this love in their lives and in the lives of those parents and godparents that we have charged to support them in that journey and the whole church as a whole, in fact. We welcome all those who are baptised at every and any stage of their life, both infant and adult. It's always been a really special occasion when we've set up a giant baptism pool here in the middle of the church and everybody gathers around as Stephen and the person being baptised enter the pool and they're baptised. And I don't know if when we were like you know, planning the refurbishment of this church some 16, 17 years ago, whether there was actually any consideration into putting a permanent baptism pool under the stage, as many churches do. Um, I suspect probably not, uh, but I can't help but wonder, you know, if we had done so, maybe we might have seen a few occasions like this over the years. Any excuse to show my favourite cannonball <laughs> baptism clip. It gets me every time. I, seriously, if, if you wanted, you know, you show that to young people, they're going to be queuing up to come and get baptised if they get a chance to do that. Um, the reading that we just heard from Luke's Gospel 
is this account of Jesus' baptism. And here is a fairly famous painting of that event. It's entitled The Baptisms of Christ by the Italian Renaissance painter Piero della Francesca, which I believe is currently hanging in the National Gallery. It shows the event of Jesus' baptism. And we can see this fully human yet fully divine figure being baptized by John the Baptist, along with other everyday folk. And yet this event is, of course, of great significance and a part of the story of Jesus Christ and of God's salvation of humanity. And this is the first point that I really want us to consider when thinking afresh about baptism. Because in baptism, we become part of the story of Jesus' death and resurrection. Through this act, Jesus was raised to new life and through this act of salvation, God brought about the forgiveness of sin for all and the end of separation between God and man. Baptism is a remembrance of this act of salvation and a sign that you are a member of the church of God, which has received God's blessing of grace and forgiveness. We really believe that baptism is one of those essential sacraments within the church and in, in the life of a Christian. In these sacraments of baptism and of communion, we enact the story of Jesus. And in doing so, we form a community in his image. Baptism is the rite of initiation into the church, the family of God. And it is necessary for us to become part of Jesus' death and resurrection. Through baptism, we don't simply learn the story, we become part of that story. Uh, this morning, as we heard, Jack Larkin was welcomed into the family of God and became part of that story of Jesus' death and resurrection, of salvation for all. And with the help of his parents, godparents, and the whole church, he will be brought up within that story. When we witness a baptism here in church, it's important that we also take time to acknowledge why we are a part of that story of Jesus' death and resurrection. And it's because of this. It's because you can never know how much you are loved by God, but also how much you need his forgiveness. A key part of the baptism service here in church um, is um, the vows taken by the parents and the godparents. These are a statement of willingness and commitment to raise the child being baptized within the family of God. And in the desire of the parents and godparents to reject evil so that it doesn't have an influence in the child's life. And I think there's a reason why, you know, those vows are said on behalf of the child. They're perhaps too young to understand them. Uh, but also, sometimes they just might not want to say those words either. Um, seriously, when it comes to the time of my uh, baby daughter to be baptised, she's going to be kind of like very firmly with her head kind of supported, lovingly, kind of like, yes, no, at the right time. Um, the story of Jesus is about the need for forgiveness. Baptism was meant to show repentance, 
John the Baptist even called out the people coming forward for baptism because of their hypocrisy in refusing to accept God's offer of salvation. You know, just imagine if in a baptism, Stephen invites the parents and godparents up onto the stage and gets a word on the line and says, you brood of vipers! You know, it's not necessarily going to be the scene-setting, kind of friendly, welcome atmosphere that we need. But um, in that moment, John the Baptist is actually referring back to Isaiah 59. It's a passage that we read, and it's all about sin and confession and redemption. And it begins as thus. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. For your hands are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt. It goes on to list the numerous ways in which the people have sinned. And the language of being stained with blood is very noteworthy in that the sin would almost need to be washed away, just as we symbolize in baptism. The passage ends with a promise of salvation. It says this, the Redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who repent of their sins, declares the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is on you will not depart from you. And my words that I have put in your mouth will always be on your lips, on the lips of your children and on the lips of their descendants. From this time on and forever, says the Lord. This prophecy is fulfilled in exacting fashion with Jesus' baptism and the appearance of the voice of God and of the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus like a dove. And it's Jesus in his fully human presence who gives us this example of what it means to be fully human. There's, I think, always been this question, this slight confusion as to why did Jesus need to get baptised? Um, even John the Baptist didn't think he should be baptising Jesus. If anything, it should be the other way around. Um, but what Jesus does through his baptism is give us this outward sign for us all of being a part of God's family. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased, says God, at his son's baptism. And we too become members of God's family, just like Jesus, through our own baptism. But Jesus also serves as the example of what it means to be fully human. He lived life fully because he was without sin. That is what it is meant to truly be fully human. We no doubt all know the phrase, um, to err is human, to forgive, divine. I think that phrase is wrong. Because that is not how God intended humans to be. We should be like Jesus, fully human. Sin is not to be understood as a proper part of being human. God did not create us that way. And so we need to always remember to seek his forgiveness and accept his grace, mercy, and amazing act of salvation. We all need God's forgiveness and need to always ask 
for forgiveness of the things we do wrong. And baptism can always serve as a reminder of that and of the amazing sacrifice God made in bringing about our forgiveness and salvation. It's perhaps unsurprising to know that the most popular time for baptisms in the life of the early church was at Easter, when they were celebrating the birth, sorry, the death and resurrection of Jesus. What better way to celebrate dying and rising to new life in Jesus Christ than when we celebrate not the death of Jesus, but the conquering of sin and death through his resurrection. And finally, um, the thought that we perhaps most significantly need to take away from today is one that I've already made a few times in this talk, and one which we discussed a lot in the service this morning, and it's this. Baptism is what shows the church as true family. All, all Christian adults have a parental responsibility because of baptism. Biology isn't what makes parents in the church. Baptism does. Baptism is, makes all Christian parents, makes all adult Christians parents and gives them the obligation to help introduce the children being baptised to the gospel. The first thing said in the uh, service of baptism this morning was when Stephen addressed the church, the whole church, and we responded with a vow. It says, faith is the gift of God to his people. In baptism, the Lord is adding to our number those whom he is calling. People of God, will you welcome this child and uphold them in their new life in Christ? And we loudly would all reply, with the help of God, we will. By these vows, the church can reinvent what it means to be family. We've uh, recently updated our baptism wording. That's uh, why the baptisms take twice as long now. It's even better. Um, but I do wonder if we shouldn't have actually you know, incorporated some of John's words. Don't be really biblical about this game. Update our literally. Let's use the actual words. You know, John was using when he was baptizing. Um, particularly when the crowd asked him, you know, how should we live? Um, can you imagine? If, you know, Based on this, Stephen says to the people, uh, to the parents and godparents, will you share your shirts and your food with those who have none? With the help of God, I will. Will you not collect any more taxes than is required? Uh, yeah, with the help of God, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be doing that. Yeah. Uh, will you not extort people or falsely accuse them? With the help of God, I will. Will you not grumble about your pay? Now, hold on a second. Perhaps it's best that we stick to what we've got. Um, when my favourite uh, go-to theologian, uh, contemporary theologian, Stanley Harvass, taught a marriage course at the University of Notre Dame in America, he would read his students this letter near the start of each year. And it went something like this. Our son had done well. He had gone to good schools, had gone through the military, had gotten out, and it looked like he had a very promising career ahead. Unfortunately, he has joined some Eastern religious sect. Now he does not want to have anything to do with us because we are people of the world. He is never going to marry because now his true family is this funny group of people he associates with. We are heartsick. We do not know what to do about this. Uh, Stanley Halvas would then ask his students, who do you think wrote that letter? And typically the students would say, the parents of some kid who ran off to join the Moonies or got involved with Harry Krishna or something like that. 
Actually, this was the letter of a fourth century Roman senatorial family about their son's conversion to Christianity. Now, the point Havas is trying to make in that context was that within the church, singleness was just a, has just as valid a role to play within the church as marriage does. But, was all, but what was also of real particular importance was that every member of the church was part of a family. And that every adult member, every member who professes Jesus Christ as their saviour and God as Lord over all, is a parent to the child or person being baptised in the church as the family of God. Every one of us here today has made a commitment to be those sort of parents to Jack Larkin and to others who've been baptised recently and all people baptised here at Christ Church within the family of God. Jack's parents and Godparents will have a particular focus in their lives for raising Jack in the family of God and in knowing and understanding the love of God for him. But we all have a part to play in supporting them. There's a final video clip I want to end with, which is from Living Seeds Ministry. Uh, it's a charity up in Stockton-on-Tees run by a guy called Graham Seed, a helpful name, uh, and his wife. Uh, they also run a church up in Stockton. And this charity, Living Seeds Ministry, has a particular focus on people on the margins of society, on ex-offenders, people really struggling in poverty. And they regularly take groups um, away for uh, much-needed short holidays at the Jonas Centre, which is a Christian holiday centre which we as a church have supported for many years. And a few years ago, several of us were there at the Jonas Centre on a working party. And I remember Simon talking to us about this particular incident that had happened when the um, sowing, Living Seeds ministry had been there. And you're about to hear about what happened now. It's a bit about why you came, what you did, uh, and the impact it's had on the families that you brought with you. We had a vision, grand vision last year. For as a group, as a church, we needed a holiday. For the families, all the people that's there, because a lot of them come from poor backgrounds pretty rough council estates and things like that and some of the kids had even think seeing animals. So we decided we'd come up here at the Jonas Centre. So 60 of us travelled up, got the cabins, had the best time of our lives ever. It was fantastic. Every day the kids had a big smile for year to year. They seen the animals, they seen the donkeys, they seen the, the chickens and the ducks and they just thought it was better than any Florida holiday or anything like that. And Graham asked me a couple of years ago, he said, do you want to get baptised? I says, in a church? I says, no, I want to go in a river. And the first river that sprang to mind was a river here, not knowing it was cold. <laughs> so this in mind, we decided on the Sunday we'd have baptism. So I said, right off we go down to the river. So I decided, it was, originally it was only me, ended up being 13 people, gave their life that day. And it was absolutely amazing. And the funny thing is, the weather up here is a bit temperamental. <laughs> you, know, you know more than I. And that day, the forecast was thunder and lightning. And there was, and that side of the valley, that side of the valley, but we had this, just this big window of sunshine around us. And 
went down the river and we kept looking up the thing. It's dark there, it's dark there, and it's glorious sunshine here. We're blessed. So went in the river, got baptized, one after the other, and another, and another one came. And people were coming in in tracksuits, just running into the river. They just gave their life. It was, it was one of the most touching days I'd ever, I'd ever felt in my life. And it was, it was thanks to the people in that, around here. And I think it wouldn't have been for the staff and that at the Jonas Centre, who really made us welcome and really made us like feel at home and that. And we gave children and adults, we showed them love on a, on a, on a bigger scale than they've probably ever seen. And the part of family, and have realised this is something special, this is something we've been part of. But it was, it was really, really tremendous. And I'd like to thank everybody in, in Labour and in the surrounding areas for making us feel welcome. It's a fantastic story. Um, and what I really could take away from the guy talking about being baptised was that he felt how special it was to feel part of a family. Not just his own family, but this family of God. And there were scores of people all wanting to be baptized with him. They never had any like, intention of that happening at the start of their holiday, but by the end, they yes, I want to be baptized in this freezing cold river in the Yorkshire Dales and feel welcomed into the family of God. For Nathan and Anna and Emily and Jack Larkin, it's a really special day. And we were so privileged to be able to share it with them at the 9.30 service this morning. And collectively as a whole church but also for all of us to be reminded of what it means to be part of that big family of God.